It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. After my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Whew. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash getmore. You are Locked On Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And I'm talking to you a little bit late on Thursday morning from suburban Detroit, where I'm here for the Sunday night showdown between the Packers and Lions. I apologize for being late if I have you trained to check out this podcast around 7 o'clock in the morning. I left from Green Bay with the family on about 1 o'clock on Wednesday, about 2 o'clock on Wednesday. Um, my wife's sister lives over here, so we're making a New Year's weekend out of it, so it'll be a fun weekend. But it was me, my wife, and my 4- and 6-year-old. We left Green Bay about 2. It's about 10 or 11-hour drive to get here. I'm tired. So what do you do when you're tired and you're driving? You eat. You know what I ate? About a pound of smokehouse almonds. They're great for you. They're also very high in fiber. So I woke up in the middle of the night feeling uh, not quite so well. But I'm, uh, I'm ready to go today. I'm caffeinated. I'm awake. My stomach feels better. And I'm ready to get going. But before we do, I would like to remind you to check out the rest of the great Locked On Podcast Network, which includes Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, and Locked On Lions to help you get ready for Sunday. And, of course, check out my work over at PackerReport.com, Home of the World's best preview and 10% discounts on tickets and gear for Packer Report members and new or renewing annual members get Sports Illustrated. All right, second down, we Matthew Stafford's late game heroics. Then third down, I will contrast that with Green Bay's big game history. Then fourth down, the unluck of the scheduling draw from the Lions, but first it's first down. And as you look at the injury report, and a couple of noteworthy items on that. First for Green Bay, Brian Balaga, full participation with a shoulder injury. Um, Randall Cobb did not participate again with the ankle injury. You remember Cobb had zero catches at Chicago and then did not play last week against Minnesota. He did not practice. Ladarius Gunter, full participation. He's been the Packers' top cornerback, as it were, this season. Remember, he dropped out of last week's game with an elbow injury. Clay Matthews, full, particip- full participation with the shoulder. Nick Perry, Full participation with the hand. Cornerback Demarius Randall, full participation with the shoulder. And quarterback Aaron Rodgers, full participation with the calf. And for Detroit, linebacker DeAndre Levy limited with a knee. Uh, the two big ones here coming up. Cornerback Darius Slay, 
limited with the hamstring. That kept him out of the last two games. And running back Theo Riddick, their leading rusher, and one of their top pass catchers as well, he did not, particip- did not participate with a wrist injury. Uh, neither Slay or Riddick played against the Cowboys on Monday night. First, it's Slay. That's the, this is really the injury in this game. Slay, one of the top corners in the NFL, one of the most underrated corners in this league. And without him on Monday night against the Cowboys, uh, Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott, three touchdowns, five incompletions. And the, and the Lions corners, as we got into in, in our Matchups Wednesday podcast, are a bunch of guys you've never heard of and probably don't want to play. Um, they were down actually to their top, two of their top three guys actually on Monday along with uh, Slot Quandre Diggs, who he was out. He's on IR now. Um, on Slay, here's the quarterback Aaron Rodgers said yesterday. He's a top corner. He's one of the top guys in the league and has been for the last couple years. If he's not able to go or not able to go full speed, it's going to be a next man up mentality. That's the way this league goes. Without him in the game, obviously you're going to take some chances and some shots and anybody else in there. Rodgers, speaking of Rodgers, Rodgers, full participation. He feels a lot better after laboring through the better part of a month with first the hamstring and then the calf. Obviously, he looked like a whole new guy against the Vikings on Saturday. Here's what Rodgers said about his, about his health. It's nice to be feeling a lot better. My injuries have definitely subsided. The rehab has, the rehab, geez, Louise, the rehab has continued, but I'm healing up at the right time. Obviously, a couple years ago, the calf injury was very disappointing because we went into the playoffs not having that as part of our offense. I stand here today obviously feeling a lot better, being able to run the way that I, I was accustomed to last week, and looking forward to continuing to do that moving forward. And then the third injury note here would be quarterback Matthew Stafford with that finger. He's full participation. Obviously, the guy's going to play. Hasn't been awfully sharp with it. I mean, look, having an injured middle finger... Not ideal. And playing with a, a splint on that finger, not ideal. We had a wide receiver Golden Tate on our conference call yesterday, which I, who I talked to before I got out of Dodge yesterday. We asked him about, this, if the, is the ball coming off of Stafford's hand any different? Tate, no, not really. I would say, if anything, the ball seems like it's coming out a little bit faster. I think Nine is spinning it very nicely. He's just making it happen. And speaking of Nine... Takes us to second down in Matthew Stafford's late game heroics. The Lions are nine and six, and he wouldn't be in this position without Stafford's late game play. You probably know this. In eight of the team's nine wins, the Lions have trailed in the fourth quarter and gone on to win. And four of those games, well, were decided on uh, last minute touchdowns by Stafford. So we're not talking about field goals. We're talking about Stafford letting them down, and getting touchdowns. So those nine fourth quarter comebacks, excuse me, those eight fourth quarter comebacks. That's an NFL record. The previous record was seven, set by the 2009 Indianapolis Colts. Jim Caldwell was their coach. It's unbelievable. If that's not impressive enough, of uh, in his career, Stafford's got 28 fourth quarter comebacks. That's uh, about double Rodgers' number. 18 of those, 28, have come on drives in the final two minutes of the game, or excuse me, in, in scores in the final two minutes of the game. And that includes six this year, and that includes against Washington, which killed the Packers, and both games against Minnesota. It's an interesting thing where 
if if you're Green Bay, and it's you say you're winning by three points, or whatever. I mean, how good are you feeling about things? And, and for one, clearly it's in Detroit's head. You know, if if you do something well, obviously you build momentum in that, and you're going to feel better about it. And but how? But you you wonder about the other side of the coin. Is it's got to be on Green Bay's mind too, don't you think? So it's going to be an interesting contrast if Green Bay is in a dogfight here in the fourth quarter. Does Green Bay have the wherewithal to pull it out, or is it going to be Detroit feeling so good about itself that it continues going down that road and winning yet another clutch game? We asked Tate in our conference call about that, and here's what he said. I think it's something we've worked hard to get comfortable at, and it's worked out more times than it has it. At practice, Coach Caldwell and Jim Bob, and that would be Jim Bob Cooter, the offensive coordinator. At practice, Coach Caldwell and Jim Bob do a great job of putting us in situations that are a lot tougher than what we've dealt with in the game. For instance, it'll be our ball with 50 seconds and zero timeouts left, and we're down by two or down by four or whatever it may be. So we've been in those situations. I think mentally we're prepared. Then we have a quarterback that can make any throw on the field. You can't help but to have some confidence going into that situation. You know, Green Bay does the same thing, though. I mean, you go back to training camp, and, and I'm sure they're still good. They still do it now when, when, after we get uh, kicked out of practice. But, I mean, they would do it almost every day at training camp where the offense gets a minute or whatever and one timeout or a minute and no timeouts, and they've got to go 60 yards for the touchdown. So I, I, I doubt Detroit's got some magic formula for it. I would, I would assume every team reps that two-minute drill, essentially the same thing, putting the offense in a, in a really hard spot. But for whatever reason, it's worked out for Detroit this year. I mean, it's worked out for Stafford really throughout his career. For whatever reason, that he is just really good at it, and he's got a lot of confidence at it. And you know, it's never really been Rogers' forte. I mean, he's certainly made some some clutch drives. I'm not saying he hasn't, but you know, I, I'm just thinking if I'm sitting there in the press box. Who do, I, who do I want with the ball in their hands with a minute to go and you need a field goal to win a game? I want Stafford, and, and he's delivered time and time again, and it's going to be up to Green Bay to either A, put the sucker away early on Sunday night, or B, show the mental toughness and play the, uh, the game, or I don't say the game of their life, but the final two minutes of their life. And that takes us to third down, and this is what Green Bay has got in their favor. Green Bay has got big game history. 2013, the regular season finale at Chicago. The Packers have to win that game to either to win the division and get into the playoffs. No different than a scenario that they'll face on Sunday here in Detroit. Obviously, you remember that one. Aaron Rodgers, last second touchdown pass to Randall, or he had a Randall Cobb, just as he's ready to get sacked by Julius Peppers. John Kuhn saves the day. And Rodgers throws a great pass for the touchdown, and Green Bay wins. 2014 at Lambeau, Green Bay's already in the playoffs. But it's Packers-Lions at Lambeau for the NFC North title. Green Bay wins. 2015 at Lambeau. Green Bay is already in the playoffs, but they're playing the Vikings for the NFC North title. The Vikings win that game. Now it's Detroit. So this will be four consecutive years where Green Bay has been in this position of, of a uh, winner of a, a division championship game. I, I was going to say winner go home again. They've, they've had playoffs clinched a couple times. So this will be the fourth consecutive year they're playing for the division title. So you, you got those big games, and of course Green Bay's been in the playoffs seven consecutive years. So Green Bay's got that big game of history in their favor where they're not going to be phased by this moment. And you know what? 
I don't know how Detroit's going to react to it. I mean, they've, they've got guys who've been here. Obviously, Stafford in 2014 took him to the playoffs. Golden Tate's been in the playoffs with, with Seattle. So it's not like it's going to be some foreign deal where the, the Lions haven't been in the playoffs in 30 years and this is all uncharted territory. But Green Bay does have that in their favor. Here's what Rodgers said. I like that we've got something to play for. Excuse me. I think that we're... Pl- Jeez, Louise, I stink at this podcast stuff. I should, I should get a new job. Here we go. I like that we're playing for something. There's something on the line. We've played in games before where we've had things locked up, and it's a different feeling. Obviously, we know what the situation is. We've got to win, and we're the North champions. We've come a long way this season, dealt with a lot of adversity in a very positive and encouraging way, and come together as a football team. Obviously, we'd like to keep this thing going. Obviously, none of this is possible, or none of this looked possible, I should say, a month ago when they're four and six. Losers are four in a row. Rodgers, of course, comes out and says the Packers, he feels like the Packers could run the table, and then they do. What's worked in Green Bay's favor is turnovers for one. I wrote a story about that at Packer Report a couple days ago. Um, for the first time in franchise history, they are plus 12 in turnovers over a three-game span. So they are on fire there. And, of course, Rodgers' plays been unbelievable. The last, during his five-game winning streak, he has the best quarterback rating in football, and he's number one in completion percentage, and number two in yards per attempt. He's been, he's been great. And it's got Green Bay in this situation where I think, you, I think you have to assume for the Packers that this is a must-win game, that you win this game to get into the playoffs and win the division. I mean, obviously, there, there, there are other scenarios, or there's one other scenario, and that's Washington losing to the Giants. But A, Washington's at home, and B, the Giants have absolutely nothing to play for. So I, I think you have to go in this game assuming Washington is going to win. And that puts the pressure on you to win this football game. Here's what Rodgers said about the late game run. I thought was, you know, He said something about this a couple weeks ago. I think it's a really interesting comment considering Green Bay's playoff history. I think every team needs to learn how to win. You need to learn how to push through adversity and win those difficult ball games, and we didn't early in the season. But we figured something out in midseason, and obviously have been on this run now these last five weeks. It's a different energy. I think the young guys really bring some excitement and some hunger that we haven't had in the last couple of years in this locker room. And there's an urgency from the veteran players not to let these opportunities go by the wayside. Everything that we've accomplished up until this point, the five-game win streak pushing through adversity, doesn't mean anything if we don't take care of business on Sunday night. We've got to keep this thing going, and it starts in Detroit, and hopefully continues after that. And finally, fourth down, the luck of the scheduling draw. I got wrote about this at Packer Report yesterday before I left. Green Bay obviously played at noon on Saturday. The Lions played at 7.30 on Sunday night. I asked Golden, so it's like, basically it's like two and a quarter days difference. I asked Golden Tate what time he got home on Tuesday. He said 5 a.m. Now, if you figure Green Bay got home at 5 o'clock from a, on Christmas Eve from their game, that's exactly two and a half days or a 60-hour difference of R&R time. Well, obviously, Detroit and Green, both, both sides are downplaying this. But I think it's a huge advantage in Green Bay's factor, especially this time of year, to come in as rested and uh, as good a shape health, health-wise as you can. Here's what Golden Tate said. He kind of echoed what uh, Coach Jim Caldwell said during his conference call. It's the cards that we were dealt. If you would have said at the beginning of the season that going into Week 17, we're going to be playing that game for our division, 
I would have taken it no matter what day we played or what the circumstances were. So I think the best thing we can do is not complain about the days off that we've had or didn't have and just go out there and play ball. We've got a lot on the line now. So we just go out there and try to play the best game we can and not worry about the things we can't control, like how the schedule falls for us or against us. And obviously the Packers aren't counting on this either. But you know, considering how beat up they've been, I mean, it's certainly a, a, a positive that you're not on the short end of the stick and actually have an extra day rest. Wide receiver Jordy Nelson said on that topic, it won't hurt. But I think everyone's experienced that throughout a year having extra rest compared to someone else dealing with short rest. I'm sure I, I'm sure they'll make sure that they take care of their bodies and be prepared. Everyone's tired. It's the last game of the year. We'll take the extra days, but it's not going to win the game for us. And that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Be sure to check out the rest of the great Locked On podcast network and my work over at packreport.com. And one quick final note from Jack McHugh on Twitter. Bill, Need a short car cast on the road with a Go Pack Go from the family to close it out. So here you go, Jack. Dun, 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 dun. Go Pack Go. Have a great day, everybody. And I look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.